Hey, Lewis here. I mean, obviously it's me, right? I'm the only guy who actually runs this freaking show. Anyways, I'm here to tell you about something that I'm working on that I'm really excited about. It's not going to be ready until later this year. However, I'm going to give you the lowdown on it so you can get it for free. Here it is. I am going to be releasing a podcast monetization masterclass. I've been spending the last few months on this, building it, refining it, even training my team on how to use this with our own clients. When it is out and finally published and ready, it will be anywhere from, I'd say, $47 to $197. I'm not sure what I'm going to price it at yet, and there will be a lot of bonuses that go with this course as well. However, the first 100 people who actually raise their hand, say they want it, and actually go through the course and give me good feedback are going to get it for free, okay? So if you want to be one of those 100 people, there will be a link to a page where you can sign up and add your name to it and your email, and then I will send you the 1.0 version of this course when it is out, all right? You'll be one of the first 100 people. Once I hit 100 people, I am shutting it off, and it will be a paid product, and that will be it, all right? So make sure if you want this course for free, be one of those 100 people because that is the only way you will be able to get it for free. All right, that is it. Now back to this episode. Hey, welcome to the Podcast Domination Show. I'm Luis Diaz, your host, and this is the show for podcasters or people who are thinking about starting a podcast but don't know how to grow it monetize it, launch it, and quite frankly, have fun with it. So that's what this show is here for. And that's what I'm going to help you do. Be sure to stick around to the end of the show today so you can learn where to get all of the free podcast marketing tools, tips, checklists, guides, and other awesome stuff to help you grow, launch, monetize your show, and more importantly, have fun. Let's dive in. So I get this question probably five to 10 times a week. Lewis, how do I get on big name shows? How do I get on the Tim Ferriss show? How do I get on the School of Greatness? How do I get on the Ray Edwards show? How do I get on Pat Flynn's show? And today you're in for a treat because I have an expert in that subject, in that category. His name is Tom Schwab and he's from Interview Valet. And today we dive deep on guesting, uh, we dive deep on how to get these interviews, how to sift through the endless uh, pile of podcasts to find the right ones for you with your ideal customer in their audience, and some really, really ninja tips, tricks, and uh, ways to to do it that uh, Tom shares. So get ready for this episode. Be sure to check out the show notes and all the resources Tom mentions. They will be linked in the show notes over at uh podcastdomination.co and enjoy this episode with my good friend Tom Schwab. Awesome. So welcome everyone to the Podcast Domination Show. I'm Luis Diaz, your host, and join with me today is a good friend, a guy I recently got to meet actually in person, but um, he's quite the uh, quite the gentleman online as well. Uh, Mr. Tom Schwab from Interview Valet. Tom, how are you doing today? I am thrilled to be here. And uh, the only thing better is if we were hanging out, uh, I think it was podcast movement there uh, in July yeah. and got to talk uh, in real life. Yes, exactly. And the only thing I don't, it's funny, like with this interview, it's an, obviously in a distance interview um, and there's no video. So unfortunately, there's no, my, uh, my call recorder actually kind of got 
messed up a bit. So I wanted to play it safe and use Zencaster today. So that would, that would be the only thing that make this better or obviously in person. But um, thanks so much for, uh, for being here today, Tom. And um, specifically with you, uh, you know, when I first met you, people were like, you were the go-to guy for interviewing, for guesting, for getting people on awesome shows. And um, I thought of no one else better to, uh, to talk about this type of subject with than you. So I really want to dive in today on how people can get on good shows, um, best practices for guesting, and really the power of getting on a good podcast and really being able to deliver value to that audience. Um, so I'd love to just jump off into there. Um, and then also just first of all, before we jump into that, let's just just take a minute to uh, share with the audience like, kind of who you are, what you do, and um, and uh, we'll, we'll catch up from there. Sure. Well, I'm I'm calling in here from Kalamazoo, Michigan, which I guess proves that you can do podcast interviews. You can do <laughs> podcasting from any place in the world. Um, and my claim to fame is I've done over 1,200 podcast interviews. So a lot of what we learn uh, has come from my interviews. Uh, we've worked with hundreds of clients on tens of thousands of podcast interviews. So anything I say here is not just my opinion, but really backed up in fact, too. And really, my experience comes more from inbound marketing, uh, using content to attract, engage, and delight customers. And that used to be blogs. And uh, about five years ago, uh, we saw that the blogs weren't working nearly as well as they used to. But one of the hacks we used to use was guest blogging. You know, instead of writing a blog and having it on your site and getting it seen by three people, one of them being your mother, um, <laughs> go out and guest blog on Huffington Post, Wall Street Journal, whatever it is. Get that no like, and trust. And I, I hypothesized that you could do the same thing with podcast interviews. Uh, and we started to test it, refine the system, and we found out just how powerful it is. Uh, it's a great way to turn passive listeners into active visitors to your site and ultimately engage leads. Absolutely. Absolutely. People, it's funny. I get people ask me all the time. I should have started a podcast. I'm like, well, have you been on one? And you know, have you like just explored that realm before you even start a podcast? Like maybe just go on a bunch of podcasts and do it that way. It's a lot easier. Um, <laughs> so, you know, it's, 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 um, there's a, there's an argument for both sides, but, um, but awesome. And, you know, I didn't know you did 1200 interviews. I got a lot of catching up to do. <laughs> <laughs> well, I would have to say there's probably 600 of them uh, that did nothing, right? Uh, maybe they aren't right. even, uh, live interviews anymore, but uh, uh, I'm an engineer by degree. And one of the things I've always learned is return on investment. That means you can either invest less or get more out of it or do both. And really mm -hmm. that's one of the reasons I, I focus on podcast guesting uh, is because of the return on investment with it. People say, well, right. do you have your own podcast yet? And I'm like, uh, no, because it's hard work. You know, anybody that yeah. says doing your own podcast is easy has either never done it or never done it well. And I don't think it's a one, one or the other. I think you can do both being a host and a guest, uh, mm. but uh, especially to get started with it. Uh, there's no long-term commitment. You know, if I, if I take a month off as a guest, nobody notices, <laughs> but if you take a month right. off as a host, everybody notices. Yep. Very, very true. And doing it well is very hard. I've learned um, by yourself, even with a team, like I have a team of people help me and uh, you know, it's not easy work. Um, I did it. I used to do it uh, on my own when I was first starting out and uh, that was not easy. So you're definitely right there. Um, so to jump off a little bit into guesting, I guess, could you give a, a good idea of kind of like the power of guesting, what you've seen, um, what your team has, has found and kind of speak to that a little bit as to why you think 
like for I know it's the next frontier of, of content marketing as you do you do too. But um, for those who aren't maybe uh, sold on it yet, um, what are some of the, what are some of the facts that you've um, you've uncovered? Sure. And I think the first thing to do is take a step back and say, what is marketing? You know, marketing mm-hmm. at its heart is starting a conversation with someone that could be an ideal customer. So you could do that through email, through billboards, through robocalls. Um, but you think about which ones has the the most intimacy, which one's 100% opt-in, um, which one gives the people a chance to know, like, and trust you. And that keeps coming back to podcasts and specifically podcast interviews because you're always getting in front of a new audience there. And we always felt, you know, in our gut that this should really work well. And then as we started to look quantitatively at the data, we were amazed. You know, a good blog will convert listeners or excuse me, um, visitors to leads at about one to two percent. That's a decent blog. What we're seeing with podcast interviews is that visitors to leads, you're seeing conversion rates of 25 percent, 50 percent, even sometimes up to 75 percent. And I think at first we said those are too good to be true. But if you think about the medium, after somebody's listened to you for you know 30 minutes, um, they either just go on with their life and don't need you or they're like, oh, this person, Lewis can help me. Um, I know, like and trust him. And that's a hot lead. It's almost like a personal introduction. Um, right. You know, a lot of the clients we work with are, are coaches and authors and consultants, and they sort of have that gut feel. They're like, oh, this works really well. I get a lot of clients from it. Uh, but I love the the clients that also know their numbers. Like one was a, uh, is a accountant, uh, Craig Cody, um, and he reported at PodFest last year that in his first year, he got 600% return on investment from podcast interview marketing. And at year two- oh. He got 1,200%. Uh, we also work with some software as a service companies, and they keep you know great analytics. They close the loop on everything, and so they know down to the penny what they're spending on cost of lead acquisition and cost of customer acquisition. And they come back to us and say, this is one of the best avenues that they have. In fact, I remember one of the companies came to us and showed us what their their Coca and Cola cost of customer acquisition and cost of lead acquisition was. And they said, do you think you can beat this with podcast interviews? Um, I sort of laughed and and said, I think you could show up drunk on a podcast interview and beat that. Well, they've doubled down a couple quarters in a row now on it. And they keep joking that uh, uh, someday they're going to test my hypothesis. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, Tom, do you, know, do you have any idea as to why? I know we spoke about like someone speaks to you, listen to you for 30 minutes. Obviously, they're they're pretty warm. They like what you're saying. They're obviously interested for, to some degree. But any other idea as to why it outbeats uh, blogs or, or anything else out there? Sure. Uh, and, in your opinion. And, and, and Lewis, if you think about, it, okay, if, if anybody's listening right now, they don't know me from anyone, right? But they know you, they know, like, and trust you. So there's that transfer of authority, the transfer of trust. And I think the other thing is it allows people to self-select, right? Not everyone's yeah. going to listen and say, wow, you know, this is great. Uh, I want to work with Tom. No, there's going to be a portion that go and think, well, you know, Tom's an idiot. Well, that's fine. It doesn't mean I'm bad. doesn't mean they're bad. It just means we're right. a bad fit, right? So let's let's figure that out early. There's going to be another portion that go, eh, that was interesting. And they'll go on with their life. They don't need it right then. And really, there's that third portion that go, wow, you know, 
Tom understands, you know, the struggles I'm going with. He helps people just like me. Um, you know, he can help me. And Lewis basically promoted him, you know, said nice things about it. So it's almost like a, a hot introduction where somebody is, yeah. is, has referred you. And so from that standpoint, if one of your friends referred another friend, you would expect that to probably, you know, at least close as a lead 50% of the time. And I think that's what we're seeing on podcast interviews here. Um, and from that standpoint, the other nice thing about it is that it goes without time or goes for time. It's evergreen. So even though that we're yes. recording this at the end of 2018, there's somebody right now in 2020 that's listening to this and going, wow, this is amazing. And it still is pertinent right. to them. Very, very true. Yeah. The whole the referral thing and like kind of being in warmly introduced by kind of like when it's by your friend, um, 100% right there. It makes sense. Uh, you know, you know, for me, I don't know if, like, if definitely probably seen in your business as well, when you have a referral client, like they often convert a lot, a lot higher, obviously, than someone who's probably a cold lead who doesn't know you. Um, just, yeah, I can see why that, why that yeah, is. And, um, so and, and not only do they close at a higher percentage, they close quicker too, which is really nice mm -hmm. because, you know, sometimes sales cycles can be so long and you've got to educate the customer or the prospect before they become a client. And that can be, uh, that can be costly and lengthy. Whereas yeah. this, it's some of the times the sales calls, quote unquote, uh, can be weird because they already know your story for 30 or 45 minutes. And when they come <laughs> right. on uh, the phone, it's almost like you're qualifying them to make sure that they're a good customer. Right. Right. Yeah. That's, that's, that's huge. So, um, jumping in to a little bit about, um, about guesting. I mean, I get, I get this question a lot, Tom, I'm sure you do too. You know, big question is always, how do I get on big name shows? How do I get on, on, you know, let's just say Tim Ferriss. I've gotten that one before. And I'm like, I do not, I'm not your guy for that. <laughs> but, um, but a lot of these, a lot of people listening probably want to know what are some of the best, best ways to go about it. Um, and then I, the, go ahead. I would, that. I would push back on that, um, from the very beginning, because I don't think bigger is better. Bigger is just bigger, right? There's more fish in the ocean than there are in, uh, in a barrel. But if you can find a barrel of fish, I would go there every time, right? So a lot of times when people uh, say, well, you know, how do I get on um, Lewis Howe's show? How do I get on Tim Ferriss's show? Um, yeah. I had some people say, you know, how do I get on Oprah's podcast? Or I'm like, I didn't know Oprah had a podcast. Well, I want to get on hers. Well, from that standpoint, it's like, would you rather talk for five minutes at the Super Bowl or would you rather talk for 40 minutes to a conference room of ideal customers? Now, some people go, oh, I want to speak at the Super Bowl. Those people wouldn't care about what you have to say. You know, we've had clients that right. come to us and say, um, you know, have you ever gotten anybody on HBR IdeaCast? And I said, Yes, our clients have been on there, but you know, you're a 20 year old entrepreneur writing your first book. That's, you know, self-published. You've got a great story to tell, but it's not a great story for, um, for HBR idea cast, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. they promote their, uh, their publication there the same way. Like, um, Lewis house, great, great podcast. And, you know, um, we've had a client that's been a guest on there. 
but he was also the guy that um, was the first blind man to summit Mount Everest uh, and go down the Grand Canyon uh, solo in a kayak. Eric Weinheimer is an amazing man. So you look at that and say, is that the best podcast for you? The other thing too is that this is a public appearance. It's a it's your chance to be on Broadway. And we get a yeah. lot of people that come to us and say, well, I want to be on this big show or, or this big show. And it's like, well, first of all, you haven't worked your way up to there yet. And that, that podcast host is not going to say yes to you without hearing you on other shows. Um, they're not going to take that that risk. You know, look at anybody that, you know, Lewis Howes has. They're typically a public speaker. He's not taking right. somebody that's the first time they've talked there. So I think um, if, if you're really looking to make an impact, uh, you should look at what's the best shows for you. And we have some clients that use podcast guesting for an SEO value, right? Because every time you go on a show, you're going to get a backlink. Right. Um, and so if, you're, if your website's just starting out, you'll get more value out of going on a podcast at the local community college that gives you a backlink that ends in .edu than you will going on Tim Ferriss's show or Lewis Howe's show. So from that standpoint, really look at what makes sense for you. What's what's your um, what's your sense of success? How are you going to measure return on investment? And just don't get into this idea that bigger is better uh, because bigger is just bigger. Got it. I love that. And that's um that's a very very good insight, right? Because if you had a smaller smaller niche or more niche podcasts that you can get onto that have your ideal client, then why not then trying to go after someone with these big audiences that probably don't have the ideal and, uh, audience for you. So thank you for that. And I, That's a great point. I, you know, I, I learned this um, myself. So I was on a podcast that had about 40,000 downloads. Um, and I was thrilled to be there. You know, this was huge. It was probably the biggest podcast I'd been on up to that point. At that time I was selling an online course. So I go on this, this podcast and, uh, I sold about 24 of the courses and I was thrilled with that. Well, shortly after that, I was on another podcast that I thought was ideal. And the host told me she had 350 downloads per episode. And I'm like, that's thought smaller than I thought, but I think it's a great audience. You know, I'm here, I'm, I'm going to do the interview and I'll perform yeah. just like it was the big one. Well, you know, Lewis, from that, I got 150 leads and sold a hundred courses from a podcast that had 350 downloads. It was, it was a barrel of fish right there. Right. So from that standpoint, uh, bigger is not better. Right. That's a, that's a great, great story. Great. Illustrates the point perfectly too. Um, so I guess to backtrack, where do you think, where do you suggest people start off when they comes to like, when it comes to guesting and, and figuring out what shows are best for them or, or where to start with this whole thing and getting on the podcasting circuit, if you can call it that. Sure. <laughs> and I think, you know, it's a virtual book tour is, is what we do with our authors. And there's a circuit there that you see people going on. Um, the first one is people will say, well, like what hundred shows should I go after? And I say, why don't you find 10? Find 10 yeah. shows right. that you think would be ideal for you. And don't just robo blast them. Um, find out what the shows are. Find out how you could add value to them. Listen to the shows. There's a rare thing. Um, most of the people that pitch have never listened to the show, but listen to that show and build a relationship. You know, think about it. The reason I'm on this podcast is because Lewis and I have known each other. We met each other and he invited me on the show. 
people like to have on people that are their friends or that they want to be their friends. So listen to the podcast, leave a rating and review, um, share something on social media about it. I guarantee you the host will know who you are. Then you've earned the right to reach out and say, um, you know, I, I would love to be a guest on your show. I've listened to this episode. I really liked that. I think I could offer your audience this. And, you know, Gary Vaynerchuk talks about jab, 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 right hook. I think it's, you know, I look at it as serve, 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 ask. You know, your goal should be to, to make the host look like a genius for inviting you on the podcast. And I think if you do that, um, you'll have much more success than some of the people that buy a list and just start robo pitching. You know, I, I think it's yeah. funny. I, I probably get pitched one to two times a day to be on my podcast. And the funny part is yeah. I don't have a podcast and every pitch starts <laughs> the same way. You know, dear Tom, we love your podcast and I would love to be a guest. You know, if you're going to lie to yeah. lie to me, tell me I'm pretty. Don't tell me you like my podcast. Can we tell me the name of your podcast? Right? Oh, I, I used to come back and say, I would love to have you as a guest. Um, could you just respond with what your favorite episode was? And I'll share my, uh, my scheduling link with you. Uh, now I just got fed up with them. It's just, uh, I just yeah. delete them. <laughs> that would be an interesting one. I'd love to. Yeah. That getting, getting, getting on the receiving end of that email must've been, must be awkward. Um, <laughs> but, but, um, but moving forward, so so we've got our ten episodes. Let's just say I've, um, Tom, I've I've picked out my ten ten episodes that I want, or ten sorry shows I want to go on. What is is the next step to to getting on those shows or to getting building that relationship, like you mentioned, and really being able to serve these people? Um, when someone comes to you, what would be kind of like the next step after they've done that? Yeah, so uh, you know, after you found what shows you want, um, uh, the algorithm we use to find out the best shows really looks at four things. And I, I would share this to not just look at the podcast. Um, there's other things to look at. So look at the podcast first and say, um, does it have my ideal listeners? Um, has it been out there for a while? What are the number of ratings and reviews? Look at the website also. Like we talked about those, um, the backlinks are so valuable. Look at right. things like the reach. How much are they promoting it on social media? Are they promoting it on their email list? Um, and look at all of those. And then finally, the fourth thing we look at is experience with previous guests. You know, there's some big shows that just never converted well for any of our clients. And it was really almost due to the format more than anything. But after you sort of put them through that framework to say, are these are these good shows? Then I would make sure that you listen to them, leave a rating and review, um, share some stuff about the podcast um, on social media, then reach out. And, you know, not all podcasters, um, you know, like email, you know, some of them you might be able to find on, on Facebook or um, or um, LinkedIn. And try starting the conversation yeah. there. Other ones, you know, you can um, go to where the podcasters are. So we we uh, we met at Podcast Movement, um, and that's this right. fall down in or this summer down in Orlando. And you'll just be at that point, uh, you'll get to meet podcasters or go into LinkedIn and see who you're connected to. You know, if a friend of a friend, hey, does Lewis know them? Could he give me an introduction to him? Because at the end of the day, people like. Um, 
interviewing their friends and people they want to be their friends. Yeah. Um, and you know, their biggest risk on bringing you on a podcast is two things. Either they'll waste their time in the recording or they'll embarrass themselves in front of their audience. True. True. It's, it's a personal, for me, a personal fear is always like, what if I ask dumb questions or what if I, as a host, like, what if I don't do the, do the right thing by my, by my guests and I embarrass them or something like that. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it's just some, some personal fears there, but, uh, but going forward. So we've got our four, our, our, basically our, our testing, our logarithm for finding these really good shows that are going to fit with us. Um, and I want to read them back. So I want to make sure everyone got them. So I wrote these down on a piece of paper, but Tom, I want to make sure I got these right. So I've got website. I've got how they're promoting on social media after this mm-hmm. interview. Um, the reviews and ratings on the show and iTunes and probably various other platforms. And then the experience with the guests. Because as you like, like you mentioned, not every guest or not every podcast uh, really does their guests a lot of, gives them a lot of post interview promo or it just doesn't serve the guests well because of the way the show is structured. Um, are those the four? I want to make sure the, everyone gets those. Those, those really are. Important. And that's the algorithm we go through. And uh, while we yeah. see the back end of all the guests and how they perform on it, you can just look at who they have on their show to get a good sense of what kind of people have success there or what kind of people they like. Um, you know, uh, I, I can think of a podcast like um, Boss Mom with Dana Malstaff. Great podcast. Mm-hmm. Um I uh, I know Dana, but I will never be a guest on her show. She only interviews women. Right. So just look through all of those things and and see um, not only is this a good show, but is this a good show for me? Got it. Got it. Okay. That that's um that is a good a good point there because I think some of us like for me I can think of a number of shows that I'd love to be on, but I don't think I'd be a good fit for. Um, I like the hosts, but I don't think I'd be a good value fit for the audience. So that makes a lot of sense. Um, I want to step back a second. I want to look at some of the worst, not worst practices, but some of the things not to do um, when approaching. We talked about blasting, just kind of like spamming people, but when approaching a a host, um, what are some things that are red flags, no's, or things you've seen that, do, that just do not work <laughs> when it comes to trying to get on a I, get I think on a, the, a, a big thing is um, pestering them. So there's a fine line between being persistent and being a pest. Um, you don't want, you want to follow up, but don't follow up once a week. Um, you'll get known for that. The other thing too, is, um, make sure that, you know, whatever content you send has context to it. You know, content is King, but context is God. So when you're pitching Mm -hmm. some yourself, make sure that each pitch is unique to that podcast. It's going to take a little bit of extra time, but if it just looks like a canned pitch, you know, dear podcast host, I hope this day finds you well, it's it's not going to uh, convert. And then finally, think about it. Whenever we write a pitch, we're probably sitting down at our computer and we write this beautiful piece of prose and then picture where the podcaster is probably reading that pitch. It's probably from his cell phone, his or her (laughs) cell phone. And so yeah. uh, if you don't make your, your point in paragraph one or paragraph two, they're probably not going to scroll down and read the entire thing. So uh, one of the things that works out really well um, is to have what's called a one sheet. And it's really just like a one page press page 
um, that you can attach to e- uh, to uh, emails. So this way your email can be short, you know, two or three short paragraphs mm, okay. and then put all the rest of the information, you know, your bio, your social media links. Uh, if they want to, they can click through that. Uh, other thing is give them clickable ways to find out more about you. Um, you know, if they really are interested, put your name and then LinkedIn and click and have a click to your LinkedIn profile. Or, you know, if I was saying, you know, I'm Tom Schwab with interview valet, interview valet would be hyperlinked there. So if they're interested, all they have to do is click there and find out more about it. Um, so from that standpoint, you're trying to give people reasons to say yes, uh, not overwhelm them, uh, which will give them reasons to say no. Got it. And just out of curiosity, in that first paragraph of that email, are you saying clearly like, I would love to be a guest on your show? Are you like making the intent of the email uh, clear in that first paragraph? Or uh, I'd love to get an idea of kind of like what what's in that paragraph or what's um, uh, yeah. how you And I think that, that first paragraph needs to be clear. Why am I here? Um, I, I hate the thing. I would love to yeah. be um, uh, a guest on your show. You know, Lewis, I'd love it if you gave me a million dollars too, but that's what's in it for me. I think if you <laughs> right. focus on yeah. what you could bring the audience, it converts a lot better. Um, and, you know, everybody's Got favorite it. station is what, uh, was it WWIFM or I think I messed that up. WIIFM, what's yeah. in it for me? What's in so it for start me? that first yeah. paragraph with what's in it for me. <laughs> Got it. Got it. Laying out the value for their, for their audience and figuring out like, what are they after? Maybe they're, maybe they're huge supporters of a charity. Maybe they are, uh, you know, really pushing to sell their book or their, their audience is really into one, one thing that you're an expert on, whatever the may, the case may be. Um, great. And, and the rest of that email, what is that the rest of that email designed to do? Um, what are some of the things that, uh, someone should include in that email? Mm-hmm. Cause you've got your one sheet attached, so you don't want to overwhelm them obviously with like your accolades because they're probably already all there. So um, uh, what is pr- that rest of that a email? A proof source like? can be very be helpful. Yes. So from the standpoint of put a link to a recent interview you did. That's why I said before, you know, um, Lewis House is not going to have you on his podcast if you've never been on a on a podcast or uh, a TED talk or never spoken in public before. He's going to want to see uh, yeah. how you perform. And so from that standpoint, um, yeah. take your best interview and, and put a link there. So at least they can listen to it and a little bit of a proof source. Got it. Got it. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. That also brings me to my next points or something I found that, um, so initially our, our mutual friend, Nathan from freeup.com, uh, Nathan, I met him in Orlando and he introduced me to you briefly after we met and, uh, one of the best connections. So I got to give him a huge thank you uh, for connecting us initially. But um, one of the awesome things he told me about Interview Valet um, and something that really piqued my interest was that how you guys go about coaching your clients um, to making sure they're ready for an interview. So you're not just throwing them on an interview and and saying, here you go, best of luck. Um, you're really doing a lot, your due diligence on making sure they're ready for the interview and making sure they know how to tell their story. Um, could you give some tips about that or kind of share, you know, what someone should should really sure how they should, they should and that's so so important because we'll have people come um, to us lewis and say hey can you help me get on a podcast and i'm my first <laughs> inclination is if you want better answers you have to ask better questions and i think the question you were asking was can you help me use podcast interviews to grow my business 
And they look and said, isn't that what I said? And I'm like, no, there's a big difference. So it's not just about getting on the podcast. Um, that is the fuel, right? That's yeah. the opportunity. And, you know, if you have fuel, but you have no engine to put it into, you might get some heat. You might get some light. It might make you feel good that, hey, I got interviewed on a show. But at the end of the day, you'll come back and say, well, it never turned into anything. And like I said, all of ours is based on testing. Exactly. Uh, I've got an opinion. You've got an opinion. But if you look at enough of the data, you'll actually start to get um, get what you should do. And so with that, um, the first thing is, like I said, um, make sure you listen to the podcast interviews beforehand so you know what they're talking about. For our clients, uh, we give them a brief of every podcast so that they don't have to spend a few hours listening to the podcast so they know what the inside jokes is are. They know what the lingo is. They know what the feel is. Yeah. Other thing is, uh, you know, most digital marketers will tell you one call to action and I would never argue with the digital marker on that marketer on that because it's true, but it's not true for podcast interviews. Podcast interviews are more like selling from the stage. And with that, you've got to give people Hmm, ways to say yes. Um, You've got to meet them where they are. And so for, you know, in 30 minutes, um, there's going to be some people that are just interested. Well, fine. Give them a way to, to go to your website. Um, There's going to be some people that, want a little bit more information, but they're not ready to to buy yet. Well, and then there's going to be some people that hear you. They want to talk to the magician and they're going to show up um, with a credit card in hand. Don't slow them down in a funnel. So we talk with yeah. our clients about what's the three ways you can give people to say yes, you know, a small yes, a medium yes, and then the heck yes. And I'll, I'll pull behind the curtain here. Here's how you do it. Um, our studies have also shown that you never send them to a, a landing page and you never send them to your homepage because a landing page doesn't have navigation. So you want them to be able to look around your site. So what we call it is a welcome yeah. page. And so it's got all the navigation to it. And if you want to see what a welcome page looks like, uh, go to interviewvalet.com forward slash domination. Now you're hearing me and you have no idea what Tom Schwab looks like and you have no idea what interview valet looks like, (laughs) but you know who Lewis is. So when you go to interviewvalet.com forward slash domination, the first thing that's going to load is Lewis's picture and the podcast artwork from podcast domination. So it's like that's trust seals, the pot, the um, tacit endorsements. And it also cuts down um, the bounce rate because a lot of people come from mobile devices. They'll get there and don't know what it is. Uh, so they'll just leave. So with that, um, you send them there uh, and then have three ways to say yes. Typically, you know, my small Small yes is, you know, there's an infographic, six ways to get, uh, six secrets to get booked on your first podcast. We talked about a lot of those here. Um, the medium yes is either a webinar that works really well in conversions, you know, talking to people or a book. Like for me, I, I wrote a yeah. book called Podcast Guest Profits, How to Grow Your Business uh, with a Targeted Interview Strategy. Well, I sell a lot on Amazon, but I give more away. So I always tell people, yeah, if you go there, you can download the book for free. That's sort of the medium yes. And then that heck yes is, you know, if you'd like to talk to me, if I can serve you in any way, um, I'll I'll put my social media links there and uh, a link to my calendar uh, so that we can talk. 
So you think about it. Now you've given them different ways to say yes, but you've continually made it easy to give them one address to go to. Right. I, I love that. That's such a brilliant strategy. Um, wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny because Nathan told me this a little while, a little while back, but you refreshing my memory makes it, uh, makes me, gives me the, the reasons why I wanted to bring you on or reminds me so vibrantly. So, um, on all those links will be on the, in the show notes as well, Tom. So thank you for that. And, um, and I love how you meet the piece person at where they're at, right? So like maybe they're not ready to work with you, but Hey, they can check out the book or they can check out the six ways to six secrets to podcasting to guest podcasting, which I definitely want to go uh, with the sure. rest of the six secrets. If you're, <laughs> if we got a little bit of time left, if we haven't, if we've missed any, <laughs> I definitely want to cover them all, but, um, I'll definitely link. We'll have those links ready for everyone who wants to check them out in the, uh, in the show notes. Um, but I, I, yeah, I think that's such a brilliant strategy. Um, anything else, uh, that, uh, we didn't cover that you missed or that I cut you off. Oh, <laughs> um, not, you not really. To. I mean, that's, that's really the system behind it. And a lot of people say, well, do I have to do all of that? I, I really don't want to make the welcome pages. And I'm like, well, it's like a car. I, I really don't want a car without a transmission. Is it important? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Test it out. See how it works for you. Or, you know, I, I think I made a cake one time when I was in high school for my girlfriend and it was either baking soda or baking powder it called for. And I'm like, it's only a, it's only a little bit. And I don't even like the taste of that stuff. You don't need that. Well, <laughs> you know, if, if you leave out steps, no, right. you're not going to get the same results with it. And that's really what we've put together with podcast interview marketing. It's not, it's not magic. It's not, um, uh, it's not a secret. It's really just a system, uh, that reproducibly goes there and yeah. you can do your system yourself. Uh, our clients just realize, Hey, um, they're best off just performing. They want to be Sinatra. Uh, they want to be the performer and they let us do the rest. Right, right, exactly. It's, um, I think it's something, I, I think like everyone who maybe runs a business probably runs into this at one point or another. It's like, there's things that you, you're really good at and then that's like the two or the, the two to 5% and then everything else you're mediocre at. So you should really outsource oh. that stuff <laughs> as soon as possible. Maybe not in the beginning, but you know what I mean? Uh, like it's uh, Gay Hendricks has a great book called The Big Leap, yeah. and he calls about the zone of genius. Um, what is it? Your zone of incompetency, your zone of competency, your zone of greatness, and your zone of genius. And the biggest problem is, you know, people trust us, and they'll come and say, um, "Hey, you've done such a great job with podcast interview marketing. Can you help us build a website?" And I'm like, "Yeah, probably could, but you don't want me to do that." You know, it's like asking your um, uh, your vet. Right. You know, you trust them so much with your your animals and you love them. Hey, could could you do my cardiac surgery? <laughs> they probably could, but you don't want that. Get a specialist. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Double down on what you're good at, outsource or, you know, set give to someone else what you can't um, in the best way possible. So I love that. It's very, very true. Um, I found it to be very, very helpful. Just outsourcing what I cannot do and what I suck at to people who are experts at it, like you, Tom, uh, with the guesting. So so really, really awesome stuff. Uh, before we leave off, anything else that we missed that um, – I would say uh, people should know. I would say a lot of people have problems and they'll say, well, they're nervous, you know, they're nervous because they don't want to talk to a lot of people. Mm -hmm. You're just talking to one person uh, and it's so easy. Even introverts can do this or they'll say, well, I'm not 
the expert. Mm-hmm. Well, somebody help me with this. The legal definition of an expert is someone who knows more by their training, experience, um, or education. So from that standpoint, in your industry, you're doing that day in and day out. You have expertise in there. Um, you know, your experience, that gives you expertise. You know, I am the undisputed world champion expert on my opinion. So, you know, what you have what you know what you know and can share with people can help them and yeah. uh, sometimes you just have to get over that uh, that confidence and realize that uh, what we have to say matters very 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 true um i personally still feel awkward when people call me an expert in anything well, even even if it's my own if it's my own opinion <laughs> but uh but that's for another another uh, another day but um Thank you so much, Tom. So where can people find out more about you and where can they connect with you and uh, find out more about Interview Valet? Sure. And this is like the last tip. When somebody asks you this, don't list out all of your social media. I'm just amazed as I'm running, uh, okay, jogging, uh, (laughs) listening to a podcast at 2X and somebody lists out all of their social media. It's like people are driving, cooking. They're not going to remember all of that. So that's why we go back to that welcome page that we talked about before. So if you go to Interview Valet, dot com forward slash domination. You'll see what a welcome page looks like. You'll see the six secrets to being on your first podcast interview. You'll get a free uh, copy of the book if you'd like it. And then I'll put all of my social media links there uh, and a link to my calendar. So uh, the whole idea as a guest is to make it easy for the host and easy for the audience. I love that. I love that. You make it so easy. It's a no brainer. It's like, I'm going to go to that page now. I'm definitely going to share it with all my on Facebook and all my, my uh, contacts. So definitely um, make it a no brainer, make it easy. And um, (laughs) that's why you go to Tom folks. So (laughs) Tom, thanks so much. Um, uh, I really, really appreciate it. And um, yeah, I will connect. We will connect with you as soon as the episode's out. Um, And uh Furthermore, uh, thank you, Lewis. I really, really appreciate it. I don't know what else to say. (laughs) Awesome. All right, Tom. Um, Okay. Yeah. Should be out in in November and, and, um, we will, uh, uh, that'd be great. Do you have podcast artwork out yet? Or is it the uh, same that was on the, um, uh, I think there was a, a download that you had sent me. I can grab a screen share off of that. Oh, no, I got it. No, I've got a new one. I'll send you the logo. Um, yeah, I'll send you the logo, no problem. Oh, okay. And it, the show's already up in iTunes, but um, I stopped. Yeah, I stopped actually. Um, stopped recording and just figured I relaunch it when I get some more episodes. And good problems to have. Focus. He's been so busy with clients lately. It's just haven't been good. Pro- yeah, absolutely good problems, but just haven't had a chance to really get my own stuff off the ground the way I like it to. You know, so so yeah, that's kind of in the limbo, but. Um, but yeah, I'll let you keeping you up in the loop for all that. All right. And thank uh, you so much. And about, thank so, you for the opportunity. Have a great day. Hey, thank you so much for listening to the show. I really, really hope you got some value and some benefit from today's episode and that you're going to have something to take away and implement right away. Now, if you really enjoy this episode and if it was helpful, there are two things I want you to do. Number one, I need you to subscribe to the show. The reason why is because we are pumping out content every single week that's going to help you grow. And the newer techniques and tactics and strategies I'm learning, I am telling you on this show. So make sure you're plugged in every single week. Number two, make sure 
you text the Google voice number I have for this podcast. I've set up a specific number to receive your feedback. It goes right into my cell phone. It's a Google voice number. And that number is 561-405-7838. You can just text that number like a normal text and I will get it. Now, I'm not going to say, if I don't know if it works internationally, but if you're in the US and Canada, I'm sure you can shoot me a text and give me some feedback on this episode or any way I can help you. That is where you can connect with me directly. That's 561-405-7838. I look forward to hearing from you and connecting with you on the next episode. Peace out.